listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I can tell you for a sure thing that people are hungry. That's why we have a phrase that's kind of become, you know, cliche or a colloquialism, but we have a phrase, there are no atheists in foxholes. And you obviously know what that means when you're in a foxhole in the middle of war and your life is on the line, whether or not you believed in God before, you're believing in anything that can be believed in to spare your life. Well, when you look around the world and see everything that's going on right now, all of the calamity, pestilence, famine, war, rumors of war, everything that Jesus prophesied would come, even people that were not so sure <laughs> ahead of time are starting to get sure because they know they need help that can't come from uh, their families, can't come from the government. It's been, I mean, we can clearly see help's not going to come from corporations. It's not going to come from the government. It's not going to come from our families. It's going to come from the Lord. And when people understand, and this is kind of sad that, you know, it shouldn't have to take a crisis for people to know they need the Lord. But on the other side of that, many times when there is crisis, you see a great revival on the other side of it. For example, uh, when World War II came to an end, that's when the voice of healing revival swept through America. And we had all those massive tent meetings and all that that was going on. Um, many times it takes crisis to push people back to the Lord and to recognize that they need help. And so thanks, Carissa, by the way, take a minute. I'm going to show you today in the broadcast. So take a minute to share it. I'm going to show you what you can do personally to provoke the delivering power of God right now in 2020. I'm going to show you steps that you can take right now to provoke the delivering power of God. And it's very important because you see people all over the place that are going through problems, issues, dying, suicides at an all-time high. People are struggling. They need the help of God. But one thing we need to know is that you and I, as people of God, can stand in the gap for people that don't know Jesus Christ. We can stand in the gap for those who don't have an answer. And that God's depending on us, his body, to get the work done before it's too late. So I want to show you by the power of the Holy Ghost what you and I can do right now in order to bring help and power and the anointing delivering power of God into this nation and whatever nation that you live in. There's something you can do right this moment, this in this time of 2020. You don't have to wait five years or 10 years or until the crisis is over till the lockdown's over, till the pandemic's over. You don't have to wait. You can take steps right now to ensure that you see God's power in your family, in your life, but even greater than that, to see others that don't know Jesus impacted by the gospel and changed by the power of God. So let me show you this. Uh, we're going to get into this today, and that's why I want you to share, because people need to understand we're not without help, and we're not without hope. God is touching people who are reaching out to him. See, that's the key. I think so many people, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give that testimony in just a minute, Carissa. I got your text. That's phenomenal. Hey, Ken. Hey, Patty. Good to see you. Christina, 
Um, I want to give Carissa's a testimony in a moment, but I want you to understand something. I wanted to preface it by saying this. God is touching people that are reaching out by faith to touch him. You know, one of the biggest misconceptions we always have is that people get this concept in their mind like, well, if God's all powerful, how come he doesn't step in and just start doing stuff? How come God doesn't just step in and stop the sickness? How come he doesn't step in and stop the death and the calamity? Because they don't understand the principle that God has set up in the earth, that he's not just coming down and controlling everything. Not only has he given us a free will, but on top of that, he's given us authority through Jesus Christ. He's given us power to take a stand on the earth. He's not going to violate the chain of command that he created. He's not going to violate your free will. Do you know there's people that don't want God to be a part of their life? There's people that have actually decided they don't want the Lord to be a part of their life. They've literally made themselves enemies of the Most High God. I don't want to find myself in a place where I'm an enemy of the Most High God. But they've decided it. They don't want religion. They don't want prayer. They don't want God. They don't want church. And so they've made up their mind. Well, listen, God's not going to push those people past their free will and force them to serve him and force them to be healed and force them to be delivered. God's not going to do that. God refuses to, to force you beyond your, uh, beyond your will. And so I want you to see God's not going to just force his way into America. In fact, did you know that the Bible says in the book of Amos chapter three, that God will do nothing on the earth unless he first reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Why? Because God does everything by a word. Hey, Talitha. Hey, Alyssa. God does everything by a word. <clears throat> his word is spoken. His word goes throughout the earth. You know, even prayer is a word from God. You do understand that. When we pray, we are provoking God's power. We're loosing his anointing on the earth. There are people that are praying that have been praying for you. You know, some people don't recognize <clears throat> that, you know, what's, what God's done in their life is the result of people that have been praying for them before they even knew the Lord. People were praying for them. And I'm just going to tell you, God doesn't just randomly act. He acts in accordance with his word. Number one, he never does anything outside of his word, but also he's looking for people that will provoke him by faith stand on his word, obey his word, and see the power of his word come to pass. And, um, you know, Carissa sent a, um, a testimony, which I thought was awesome. She said, we increased our seed uh, to your ministry and your cousin's ministry. And this was the first month that the increase of our sowing uh, was in effect. And last night I prayed for a blessing for being obedient to increase our seed. And this morning, her husband, David, got a dollar raise, violent increase, expedited favor. Can I tell you, those kinds of testimonies have been flooding in. Because notice, this is what I want to point out about Carissa's testimony. God did not randomly bless her and her husband. He didn't randomly bless her. Notice that she took a step of faith. David took a step of faith first. They were the ones that by faith stepped out and began to sow. 
as they sowed in obedience with the leading of the Holy Spirit, notice after that, God had something to work with. It always takes actions of faith so that God can interact with your life and do what he wants to do in your life. I'll show you from the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And they that come to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that seek him. Some translations say those that diligently seek him. And so it's the same thing God said to the prophet Jeremiah. Prophet Jeremiah, he said, when you search after me with your whole heart, you'll find me. Now what he said, when you search after me with your whole heart, see, God's not looking for part-time servants, part-time children. That'll be his children on Sunday and Wednesday night, but through the rest of the week, they do their own thing. God's not looking for that kind of a child or that kind of a servant. Think how much it would break your heart if your kids said, I don't want to be your child Monday through Saturday. I only want to be identified as your child on Sunday. I don't want you to talk to me, mom. I don't want you to talk to me, dad, Monday through Saturday. I don't want you to hug me. I don't want you to kiss me. I don't want you to tell me you love me. I don't even want to hear from you Monday through Saturday, only on Sunday. Imagine how that would break your heart. But that's how some Christians live. They live in such a way they want to do their own thing through the week. They want to live like they want to live. They want to do what they want to do. They don't want to be uh, messed with by God or his spirit unless it's Sunday. And then we'll go to church. We want to feel your presence. We want to feel better about all the mistakes we made Monday through Saturday. We want to get our injection of religion. We want to know that everything's okay again before we move into the next Monday. God's not looking for those kind of people, especially now. I mean, he never was, but especially now as Jesus is getting ready to come back. Look at that. Another testimony from Adrian Chandra. We both got a raise from our job as well. Our managers pulled us both into the office as and said they were giving us both a raise. They know we're Christians and they honor uh, our love and stance for Jesus. Look at that. It just keeps happening over and over. The more you stay faithful, the more God blesses you. And God will raise you up. That's right, Adrian Chandra. God will raise us up in, in such a time as this. Let me show you another verse that always sticks in my spirit. Second Chronicles 16, 9. Look at this. Look at the kind of people God's looking for. Look at the kind of people. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support, hallelujah, to those whose heart is blameless toward him. So the eyes of the Lord. Who are God's eyes looking for? People whose heart is blameless, or one one way to translate it in the footnote, or whole. That means your whole heart is turned toward him. That's who he's looking for. Not part-time children, not, not part-time servants, people whose heart is whole toward him, blameless. That their loyalty is to him. That's who God's looking for. And the Bible says when he finds those kinds of people, he will str- show strong support. You see that? Strong support. There's my friend Brent Cashman. Love you. 
His father-in-law, Tom's going in for surgery today at 11 to have cancer removed from his trachea. Father, right now, we, we stop and pray for Tom. We ask you to touch his body, heal him. We curse cancer in the mighty name of Jesus. Protect him. Watch over him. Take care of him. Bring him home safely. In Jesus' name, for Brent and Mindy, we thank you, Lord, for it. So notice this. God's looking for people whose hearts belong totally to him. They're sold out to him. They're sold out to him. And when he finds, now here's the exciting part. When he finds those kinds of people, hallelujah, he will show himself strong and mighty, one translation says. The ESV says he will give strong support. <laughs> that, I want you to think about that for a minute. Even if the God of heaven gave you weak support, God's weak support is stronger than the greatest army's strong support. The greatest government, if all corporations banded together, if, if, if Amazon and Google and Facebook and all the Apple, and they said, we're going to give you strong support. God's weak support is far greater than their strong support. But God didn't promise he was going to give you weak support. He said, when I find people whose hearts are turned toward me, I will show them and give them strong support. God's backing you up. Hallelujah. God's backing you up. I want you to put it in the comments. God is backing me up. Put it in all caps if you want to. God is backing me up. Now today, I'm going to show you how you can get there. And then I'm going to tell you by the end of this broadcast, which you don't want to miss, something that we can do together and we are going to do this month. We're going to do it this month. Put it in the comments. God is backing me up because he is. He is backing you up. God is backing me up. <clears throat> He's going to show strong support to his people. And I told you, July through December, we're going to see the greatest testimonies and miracles we've ever seen in the mighty name of Jesus. Greatest testimonies and miracles that we've ever seen. And we're going to rejoice. By the time we hit December 31st, we're going to rejoice. Hallelujah. We're going to rejoice and be glad about what God's doing in our lives. It's a year of violent increase, expedited favor in Jesus' mighty name. So we know God's looking for people to whom he can show strong support. So one thing we need to recognize, it's God's desire to show strong support. God doesn't want you floundering. He doesn't want you struggling. He wants to show you strong support. It's what he wants. And so he's looking to be the one who gives you help. And let me tell you something. When God gives you help, as Paul told the Romans, if God is for you, tell me who can be against you. Now, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> and we're standing with you, Jay Carter. You listen. If God showed you weak support, and if you haven't shared and you just logged on, share this broadcast, man. Hear what I'm saying. If God only showed you weak support, you could still say, if God is for you, who can be against you? Let me give you an example of this. <clears throat> Larissa, we curse cancer in Jesus' name. You're healed. 
Receive your healing today. Receive the virtue of God. Listen to me. If God only showed you weak support, what do I mean by that? He personally did not get involved. Let's just say that. We know that's not the case, but let's just say that for uh, for argument's sake. Can we find a story where God didn't personally get involved and just showed what we could call, compared to what resources he does have, weak support? Yes. If we look in 2 Kings, I believe it's uh, the 19th, the uh, 19th chapter, we can find a place where God showed weak support. Now I say weak support because it's in comparison to all of his resources and power. We find that King Hezekiah is being harassed by a king, the king of Assyria, who has surrounded Judah with 185,000 soldiers to kill them, destroy them, to burn them down, and to take their women and children into slavery and to kill all the people of God. God did not show them strong support. He showed them weak support, which was more than enough. What did God do? What could we call weak support? Well, God didn't get off of his throne, nor did God send Jesus, nor did God send the Holy Spirit, nor did God send a host of angels or an angelic army like he did for uh, Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6. Didn't do it. Didn't do that. He sent down one angel. Hear what I'm saying? He sent down one angel. Now, I know the angels of God are powerful, but notice in comparison to all of God's resources, that's weak support because God could have sent all of his angels, even greater could have sent the Holy Spirit, could have sent Jesus, could have come himself, didn't need to. He didn't need to. He called on one angel. And let me tell you this, one angel The one angel he did call on, according to scripture, was not an archangel. We don't, this was not Gabriel. This was not Michael. It was a nameless angel. And when that angel came down from heaven with the weak support of God, (laughs) think about it. In the night, he went to war with the entire Assyrian army. And in the morning, when God's people woke up, 185,000 soldiers were dead on the ground. The entire force that was there to harass and kill them was dead in one night because of one angel. One night, one angel. One night, one angel. Put it in the comments right now. One night, one angel. I want you to hear something. It didn't take 10 years. Didn't take 10 months of war. Didn't take uh, 10 days. One night, one angel. Put it in the comments. One night, one angel. And every one of those soldiers was dead. None of the people of God had to swing a sword. 
They didn't have to hold up a shield. They did not have to shoot one arrow. One night, one angel. That's it. That's it. One night, one angel. And everybody was going. Now, that's what I would call weak support because it was only one of God's limitless number of angels. And Holy Ghost didn't move. Jesus didn't move. God himself didn't move. That's called weak support. But I want you to hear, I mean, look look at the final plague in Egypt. Who did God send down from heaven? The death angel to, t- to kill every firstborn child of the house of Egypt and the animals, livestock, everything. One night, one angel. One night, one angel. The children of Israel in Egypt, they didn't have to swing any swords. They didn't have to hold up any shields. They did not have to th- shoot any arrows. One night, one angel. Hallelujah. One night, one angel. That's all it took. That's weak support from God. I want you to, I do want to make this I do want to make this distinction today because I want your mind to see how very powerful God is. That was not God doing that. In either case, it wasn't Jesus. It wasn't the Holy Ghost. Love you, Josiah. <coughs> It wasn't the Holy Ghost. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't God. It wasn't an angelic army. It was one night, one angel. You hear what I'm saying? That's what I would call weak support from God because he didn't even barely use any resource from heaven. That is not what God wants to do for you. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. Now look at how powerful God is. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians and said that when Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet and all of the armies they've gathered together, every demon, every fallen angel, the final battle, Jesus Christ will descend from heaven. And can I tell you what the Bible says? And with the breath of his nostril and the glorious appearance of his coming, He will destroy all of his enemies. Now you think of that. That's when God sends Jesus. When God sends Jesus, he he doesn't have to go to war. With the breath of his mouth or his nostril, with the appearance of his coming, every single enemy on the earth and in the universe will be wiped out in one appearance. God wants to show strong support to his children. I'm talking strong support. That's why you start to see where Paul said, if God's for you, tell me who can be against you. Now, one thing we don't want, and I want you to hear this plainly. One thing we don't want is to be in a position that we've put ourselves in where God is resisting us rather than helping us. I don't want God to resist me. I want God to help me. If that's you, throw a hand up in the comments. I don't want God to resist me. I want God to help me. In Jesus' name. 
I don't don't want to catch a stiff arm from God (laughs) by any means. I want God to help me not resist me. Because see, when God resists you, see, this is a problem. The moment God begins to resist you, destruction comes. I'm going to show you this from the scripture. When God resists you, destruction comes. Look look at James chapter 4 and verse number 6. James 4, 6, we'll read through verse 8. No, through verse 10. I'm going to read James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. Look at all those hands in the comments. We don't want God resisting us. I want God helping me, not resisting me. I need his assistance, not his resistance. I think that's a good way to say it for us to remember it. Put it in the comments. I want his assistance, not his resistance. I want God's assistance, not his resistance. Big, big difference between God assisting you and God resisting you. I want his assistance, not his resistance. Please put that in the comments and never forget it. Look with me now in James chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 10. Listen to this. The Bible says, but God gives more grace or favor. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. This is key now. I'm giving you the key to stepping into this. God opposes the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. Verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Look at, not, look at verse 9. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Look at verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. You see that? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. What's he, who's he talking to? He said, don't, don't be proud in your wicked ways. Don't be proud in the ways that you oppose the Lord. You, you let your laughter be turned to mourning. Humble yourself before God. I want his assistance, not his resistance. And so here's the key. Humility, humility, meekness is the key. And I'm going to take you to a passage here shortly and show you what we're going to do to kickstart this thing in the month of July. We're going to kickstart this by the power of God. Hear what I'm saying? We're going to kickstart this together in the month of July by the power of God. We've said it. We've prophesied it. Now, let me teach you something. Let me teach you something about uh, a word from the Lord. Let me, let me teach you something. I know not a lot of people teach this. I want to give you the actual passage of Scripture. Go to 2 Kings chapter 7. <clears throat> 2 Kings, what I'm getting ready to teach you is so important and does not get 
taught about often enough. Hear what I'm saying. If you're, if you've not shared this, or if even if you have, now's the time to share it. What I'm getting ready to say is so vitally important. You must, must catch this. Please catch this today. Hear what I say right now. Just because a word from the Lord goes out or goes forth, and I'm talking about prophecy, tongues with interpretation, a a word from preaching, whatever it might be, just because a word goes out does not mean every person will partake of it. Please, please hear this today. Just because, this is a mistake we've made. See, we'll watch, we'll watch Christian TV, and this is what so many preachers don't get, and I think it's immature of them to not understand this. You can't stand up on a platform like I'm on a platform right now. I can't go on television. I can't go on any platform and say to you, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, in, in the last half of, <clears throat> of 2020, you're getting ready. Every person watching me today is getting ready to step into a double portion. You can't say that. Not every person's going to see the increase or the double portion. Because hear what I say. Some people will not pursue the presence of God. I can't make a blanket promise or a blanket prophecy or a blanket word from the Lord and sit here and tell you every person is going to partake of God's goodness. It doesn't work like that because God doesn't bless the unfaithful with the faithful. You hear what I'm saying? God does not bless the unfaithful with the faithful. Just because you hear a word doesn't mean you'll have a word. Oh man, I wish people would catch this, man. Hear what I'm saying. Just because we hear a word doesn't mean we'll have a word. Put it in the comments, please. I'm teaching you a massive kingdom principle right now. Just because I hear a word doesn't mean I'll have a word. You hear it? I'm going to say it again. Just because I hear a word doesn't mean I'll have a word. I'm going to show you this from the Bible. I'm going to show you where we're going to have our word. Those of you that are watching, those of you that are a part of the Victory Tribe, I'm going to show you today how we're going to take action that's going to take a hold of our word in Jesus' name. I'm going to to show you today. This is an important broadcast, man. Very important. We're setting ourselves up for the rest of 2020 in July. I prophesied it. We said it. The word went out and it's still going out. But the people that are going to get it are the ones that take it. Hear what I'm saying? Just because I hear a word doesn't mean I'll have a word. I'm going to prove that to you from scripture. Look at 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. There had been a famine in the land. A famine. No food. People are starving to death. Elisha had prophesied it. And now it's flipping. Elisha the prophet is prophesying that there will be food now. And I want want you to hear this. I'm starting in verse 1. But Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow 
about this time. Seven quarts of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two sayas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now listen to this. That was a word from the Lord. Elisha's a prophet of God. That was the Lord speaking through him. That's what the Bible calls a sure word of prophecy. That was from God. But listen to this. Verse 2. Then the captain, on whose hand the king leaned, said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing even be? Now look at the response of the prophet. But he said, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. You see that? The captain heard a word, but he would not ever have the word. And I'll show you the end, the end of it here in this, in this story. The captain heard the word. You know what he was saying? Even if God opened up windows in heaven, this couldn't happen. Because you know what happens when there's a famine. Everything, the prices go through the roof. Why? Because of scarcity. It's supply and demand. If there is no barley, you're not going to be selling barley at a cheap price. It's going to be an expensive price. If there is no flour... You're not going to sell it for a cheap price. It'll be an expensive price. The prophet said, starting when God moves tomorrow, barley and flour will be sold in Samaria at the gates at a cheap price. And the captain refused to believe the word of the Lord. And he said, if God opened windows in heaven, this couldn't even happen. Oh, the prophet said, it's going to happen. But you'll never eat of the blessing of the Lord because of your unbelief and your doubt. Now look at this. God made the Syrians flee. This was supernatural. And so let me start reading again. Let's let's go to verse 12. And the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I'll tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know we're hungry. Therefore, they've gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking when they come out of the city, we'll take them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants said, Let some men take five of the remaining horses, seeing that those who are left here will fare like the whole multitude of Israel who have already died. Let's send and see. So they took two horsemen and the king sent them after the army of the Syrians saying, go and see. Now see, God had already caused the Assyrians to flee. There was no enemy. Look at verse 15. So they went after them as far as the Jordan and behold, all the way was littered with garments, equipment, and the Syrians had thrown thrown away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. The people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a say of fine flour was sold for a shekel, two sayas of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now, exactly what God prophesied came to pass. He made their enemies run away from them, leaving all of their goods behind. And all they did was go out and collect the goods and bring them back home. Now look. And they started, they had so much in excess that they were selling them for cheap prices again. But look at this, verse 17. Now the king had appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate where the selling was going on. 
and the people trampled him in the gate so that he died. As the man of God had said when the king came down to him, for when the man of God had said to the king, two sayas of barley will be sold for a shekel and a say of fine flour for a shekel about this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, the captain had answered the man of God, if the Lord himself should make windows of heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you'll not eat of it. And so it happened to him for the people trampled him in the gate and he died. Notice he heard a word of prophecy, but he couldn't have a word of prophecy. And the first thing that the devil does when you hear a word spoken is he gets to try to, he tries to get you to disbelieve what God is saying. Do you know it's the first thing Satan ever said in the history that we have record of? He came to Eve and said, Did God really say? That's the first thing we have record of Satan saying on the earth to people. Did God really say? He always tries to get us to doubt the mighty word of God. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what it looks like in the world. I don't care what they say on the news. I don't care what I read on my Twitter feed. I don't care. It does not change the mighty word of God. It doesn't change your provision. It doesn't change the power of God in heaven. It doesn't change our assistance. We will be blessed. We will see increase. We will see violent increase and expedited favor. But I want you to hear this very plainly and very clearly today. Not everybody will receive it. The faithful will receive it in Jesus' name. You don't just hear a word. You take action and take hold of a word by faith. You don't just believe it. You act like it's true. You live like it's true. You talk like it's true. You sow like it's true. And you take hold of the prophetic word by your faith. That's how you get it. You take hold of it by your faith. In Jesus' name, if you look at a chair, see, everybody everybody exercises faith in the natural or in the supernatural, whether they, they know they do or not. Anytime you look at a chair that you've never sat in before, and then you go over and sit in it without testing it, you just exercised natural faith because you saw a chair that you'd never seen before and just had faith that when you put all your weight on it, it would hold you up. And then it would not crumble and you'd fall to the ground looking like a fool. You just exercised natural faith in something you saw. You didn't do weight tests on the chair. You didn't shake every leg and make sure it was strong enough to hold you. You didn't touch the back and move it back and forth. No, you just sat down and had faith it would hold you. So what, what did you do? You didn't just stay there looking at the chair saying, yes, I have faith. I have faith that chair can hold somebody. I have faith that chair can hold somebody. That means nothing. It was your action to sit down in the chair that actually proved you believed the chair could hold you. Notice, faith without works is dead being alone. See, you know, I know what the devil tried to do. I started prophesying this last year in September and again in November. You've seen the prophecies. I've aired them on the broadcast. Absolutely, I know what the devil tried to do. And the Lord was giving us a word ahead of time so that we'd be prepared and have something to stand on. Because when you kept, when you stepped into 2020 
and the beginning of February, March hit, and you saw all this stuff going on, I'm sure there were a lot of people that said, well, maybe a violent increases for next year. Maybe, maybe violent increased in expedited favors for 2022. Maybe Brother Ted got it wrong by a couple of years. And the Lord was showing us by his power, it has nothing to do with what's going on in the government, has nothing to do with what's going on in the news, has nothing to do with what's going on with corporations or races or racism, it has nothing to do with that. His word is based upon his integrity. Do you think a government can stop God from moving? Do you think a corporation can stop God from moving? Do you think that some sort of a political group can stop God from moving? No. His word, his action, his power is based on his integrity. And whether or not you take part in it is based on your faith and your actions that prove your faith to the word of God. And I'm going to show you before in just a, in a minute what we're going to do in the month of July that's going to kickstart us for the rest of this year to have the greatest six months that we've ever had in the Holy Ghost. And we will. Every one of the faithful will hold it in their hand and will rejoice, even when others don't have it, even when others aren't seeing it. It might look like crisis for somebody else. It will not look like crisis for God's faithful in Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. If you believe it, put it in the comments with all caps, in Jesus' name. I love you, Gary. It's going to be blessing for us. It's going to be provision for us. It's going to be increase for us, for the faithful, in Jesus' name. We will not miss out on what God has. Put it in the comments, all caps, in Jesus' name. It's going to be ours. And I'm going to show you in a moment what we're going to do as the faithful, as the victory tribe, we're going to take our word, hold it, have it, and rejoice over it in 2020 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You can't stop us. The devil can't stop us. He didn't start us. It is Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus. Devil can't stop us because he didn't start us. We're going to have and hold our word from the Lord in Jesus' name. I refuse to be like that captain in 2 Kings 7 who looks around at the natural realm and says, well, if God opened up the windows of heaven, I don't even know. Don't, don't be like those that look at the natural realm and make their choices and, and choose their words based on what they see on Fox News or what they see on their Twitter feed or what they saw out in the streets. How foolish to judge what God can do based on what men are doing. That's a foolish thing to do and will not be those people. We will not be those people. Let me tell you, there will be those people, but they won't be us. There will be doubters. There will be double-minded people, but they won't be us in Jesus' name. They will not be us. And I'm going to show you in a moment how we're going to take an action in the month of July that's going to set us up for the rest of this year by the power of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see victory after victory after victory after victory. That's why we're the victory tribe, baby. We're the tribe of Judah. Every person in the body of Christ is part of the tribe of Judah because the one who brought us into the tribe is the lion of the tribe of Judah. We're all his children. And because we are, let me tell you, we're all part of the victory tribe. We're the tribe that they send first that praise God and have faith without even a weapon in our hand other than what's in our mouth. 
Hallelujah. And because we do, we're going to see the victory first. We're the first ones on the line. We'll be the first ones to hold the increase. We'll be the first ones to see the victory. Your children, your family, your husband, your wife, your business, your finances, your health, you'll be the first one to see the victory. Hallelujah. There will be double-minded. There will be doubters. There will be unbelievers, but they won't be us. They won't be us in Jesus' name. (laughs) I feel victory, man. I'm just telling you. I feel the quickening power of the Holy Ghost that we're going to see the glory of God manifested in our lives. God's going to show strong support to us. Strong support. You saw, I told you at the beginning of this broadcast, what weak support can do. Get ready for strong support. Get ready for stuff that doesn't even make sense in the natural realm. People are going to look at it and say, that doesn't make sense. How? How? How did that happen? How do you have that? How did you get that job? How did you get that raise? How did you get that contract? How? They won't know. You know why they don't know? Because they don't have access to the ways of God. But you'll have access. You will have access. You're about to step into a whole nother dimension. For the faithful, I'm talking to the faithful. I always want to make that point. When I'm prophesying, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to the faithful, those that will say it, those that will do it, those that won't hold back on God. You're about to step into some victory that people won't understand. They won't understand it, but that's because we're part of the victory tribe and we have the victory and we'll always have the victory in Jesus' mighty name. My victory, hear what I'm saying, my victory is not based on who's in the Oval Office. It's just not, neither is yours. My victory is not based upon who the majority in Congress or the House or the Senate. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. My victory is not based on that. But what do you do? Because here's the thing. What do you do for a Christian that's in a country that doesn't even have a democratic country? What do you do for them? What do you do for a Christian that's in a nation that's in a dictatorship? Is their victory based on the dictator? Or is it based on the word and the power of God? It's always based on the word and always based on the power of God. So I want you to hear it. Get ready. We're about to run into victory starting now in July. And it's not going to, we're going to see it all the way through to December 31st. And we're going to cross over into new year dancing and shouting about what God did in a mere six months that what other people didn't have happen for them in a year. God's going to do for you in six short months. Get ready to dance, my friend. Get ready to shout. Get ready to sing. God's going to fill your mouth with laughter and fill your tongue with singing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you, I'm going to take just a short break before I show you this and then we'll get into prayer. Next week, all week long, I'm going to be with you again at 1030, but I'm I'm jumping back again with you at 9 o'clock p.m. next week, every single night, a live broadcast at 9 p.m. and you're not going to want to miss it. Because I've got a word for you, and we're taking July by faith. It's our month of kickstart into what God has for the last half of this year. So don't miss it. Starting this coming week, next week, and I'm going to start it on Sunday night. Sunday night through Friday night, we're going 9 o'clock p.m., and you're not going to want to miss it because we're going to hold this in our hands. It's time to have our faith pumped again. 
And I'm going to resuscitate some people because some have let go of the promise. Don't let go of the promise. I'm about to pump you full of faith again. Get ready, my friends, because we're going to run like we've never run. We're going to dance like we've never danced. God's going to move like we've never seen him move. He's about to do a new thing. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready, my friend. It's about to blow up in Jesus' name. July is going to blow up by the power of God, and it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. Through a whole end of the year, we're just going to see blessing after blessing after blessing. That's exactly it. So we're going to be at 1030 in the morning, but I'm going to see you again at 9 p.m. at night every day next week, Sunday through Friday. I'll put the ads out on social too, so you know, but I'm telling you, you don't miss it. Mark it down in your mind right now, write it on a piece of paper because you're going to be with me, man. We're going to run. We're going to run. So what can we do? This is what I want to get to today because we're going to do it together. What can we do in July that will set us up? How can we show God that we're the faithful? How? How? How can we show him that we are the faithful, that are set aside and apportioned to his blessing, that he'll reward us for diligently seeking him? Well, let me show you. Back with me to 2 Chronicles. Back to 2 Chronicles. Let's go to the seventh chapter. 2 Chronicles 7. I love you, Norman. Praise God, Kim. Hear what I'm saying now. We're in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. I'm going to show you this. We're going to jump in, and God's going to show us what we can do to kickstart this thing for the month of July all the way through the end of the year. 2 Chronicles 7. Here it is. Verse 14. If my people who are called by my name, humble themselves. I told you this was the key. Humility before God is the key. He gives more grace, more favor to the humble. If they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name will be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. If my people, hear what I'm saying. If my people will humble themselves. One of the things that humble, when the Bible talks about humbling yourself many times, the way people humbled themselves was through fasting and prayer fasting and prayer, humble yourselves and pray, fast and pray. And so what I'm going to tell you is this, this is a key. This is what I'm doing it. You can jump on. If you want to be one of the faithful, get with me. Starting on the 11th of July, here's the announcement. Starting on the 11th of July, that is, see Friday is the 10th, Saturday is the 11th, starting Saturday from the 11th through the 31st of July, we are going to fast and we are going to pray. We're going to fast. That's 21 days of prayer and fasting. You might say, well, Brother Ted, I can't, I can't do the whole 21 days. I've never done a 21-day fast. Listen to me. 
during that time of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Do what you can do by faith. If you have to go, and I don't recommend this, but if you got to go three days of fasting and then take a day to eat and then go back on three days of fasting, that would, to me, that would be the most miserable way because the hunger doesn't really leave until the third day. So it'd be like, you'd just be going from hunger to hunger to hunger. If you, I encourage you do seven days. And if you have to take a break, take a break and then jump back on, do another seven days, do 10 days, take a break and do another 10 days, but press in July the 11th through July the 31st. We're going to be fasting. We're going to be praying. My father will be fasting and praying. I'll be fasting and praying. My wife, we're going to join ourselves together. This is what we do normally also at the beginning of the year. We normally do this in January, but we're doing it again in July because the the first six months are over. Now we're doing what the Lord has spoken to us to do because he told us the final six months of this year will blow our natural minds. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do what the Bible says, humble ourselves and pray and provoke the favor of God and provoke the power of God. Let me, let me jump back. Let me jump back real quick to uh, James chapter four, because I want to point out something to you that we have to see. James chapter four, listen to this verse eight, listen to the, to the order that this is in draw near to God and then he'll draw near to you. Notice God is looking for his faithful people to take the first step pressing into him. Did you see that? That's James chapter four and verse eight. You draw near to God first and then he'll draw near to you. That's faith. Faith is saying, I will take the step toward God. Faith is saying, I'm not going to wait for God to do something. I'm going to move toward him and provoke his power, provoke his glory. Anytime anyone in the word ever made their way toward God, he made his way toward them. I'm thinking of blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10. Jesus was leaving Jericho, headed somewhere else. And the only reason he stopped is because Bartimaeus called out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. By faith, that's the only reason Jesus stopped is because Bartimaeus made his way by faith toward Jesus first. And then Jesus said, bring him to me. Notice that. Anybody, Kelly, do what you can do. Do what you can do. I know people that work construction jobs that fast. If you've got to do six to six, Kelly, whatever you can do, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. water only, and then you eat something at six. You know, whatever you can do, we have to take the first move and then God moves. We have to take the first move and then God moves. God's not, listen, God wants to move for everybody, but he can't move for everybody because he doesn't just randomly move. He moves based on faith. He moves based upon the faith that moves him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. They that come to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder. Who is he a rewarder of? Those of us that will diligently seek him. Who is ready to diligently seek the Lord? Who is ready 
in this victory tribe to go after the power of God. Because I'll tell you what, I've made up in my mind, I don't care what the world looks like. I refuse, I refuse to allow what's going on in this world to govern what's going on in my spiritual life, what's going on in my relationship with God. That's a foolish way to live, and I'll never let that happen, and I know you won't either. Yeah, you can have any liquids, any liquids, and For those that are watching, you don't know how we're doing it. Very simple. Any liquids, no solid foods. You can have juice, you can have coffee, you can have water, whatever. Any liquids, no solid foods. That's how we're fasting. 21 days. You can have your coffee, you can have your juice, whatever. But no solid foods. We're fasting. We're keeping food out and we're pressing in. But here's the thing. This is the key. We're not just giving up food. That's just one half of it. What we are doing is pressing in in prayer. So let me encourage you what to do in this upcoming time of fasting and prayer. July the 11th through the 31st is this. Take a minimum of one hour a day to pray. If you're not going to give yourself to at least an hour a day of prayer, you might as well not fast. Just don't fast because an hour a day is minimal. It's minimal. It seems like it was the basic in the, in the new Testament. They were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Jesus said to them at the garden, could you not, uh, tarry with me for one hour? He didn't seem to think it was a long time. They did it every day in the new Testament. It seems like it is the, uh, what I would call the baseline. And so if you're not going to dedicate yourself to at least an hour of prayer a day, then just keep eating. But I'm talking to the faithful that are ready to see a change in this nation, this world, and in our lives. We're going to provoke the delivering power of God. Provoke him to move. You know, this is why. Let me explain something to you. Thank you, Brad. I love you. This is why. This is why we are called the salt and the light. The salt and the light. Salt, as you've heard me teach, it was the method of keeping meat fresh before there were refrigeration technologies. So they would cure meat. They would salt meat. If you've ever watched an old cowboy movie, you might have heard them, uh, like an old Western, that they, they were eating salt pork. It was just cured pork, you know, that, that so that it wouldn't go bad. Salt is something that keeps uh, the meat from rotting. The only thing keeping this earth from going into total rot is the fact that the body of Christ is still here. Because you know what happens. The moment we're gone, tribulation sets in. Yeah, if you're a nursing mother, don't give up food. Your baby needs nutrition. There'll be other times in your life you can fast, but you still need to pray a minimum of an hour a day. Rachel said, I'm a fasting, I can't fast because I'm a nursing mother, I can't fast food right now. Don't, if you're nursing, you know, or if you're a child, you know, don't, you need nutrition, don't uh, not fast, don't fast, but you still need to be praying. Rachel, I would take those times when you would normally uh, spend time in entertainment, if you're watching a show, or if you're watching a movie, or whatever, you might be reading books, or take time apart from entertainment, anything that's entertainment, and press in and pray a minimum of an hour a day. 
and press in and give God something. Do something to provoke your faith. Give God something. Maybe you really enjoy, I mean, I don't know. I know mothers aren't supposed to really have like caffeine and stuff, nursing mothers. But whatever you can give up, give something up And for, the, for those that are nursing mothers and pray and press in. Here's the deal. That would be a good idea, fasting sweets and things that are, that are pleasurable. You know, do that and, and give God your time and pray, press in. See, fasting is a supplement to the power of prayer. We need both. And in this time, we're going to see the victory. Maybe I'll take time again to teach. If you have not ever read my book, Blood on the Door, in Blood on the Door, I do a whole section on the protective power of fasting, and I go through the benefits of fasting in that book. I'm working on, and I, I hesitate to even say it, but I'll just tell you, I'm working on a fasting compendium, a book that contains everything about fasting and all touches on all the things that have been written by the Pente, by Pentecostals through the ages on the subject of fasting kind of an all-in-one book on fasting with everything included to help you. I'm, I'm wanting that to be ready before the January fast hits. But if you have blood on the door, you can see I do a whole extensive chapter on the power of fasting and what it brings for the believer. If you don't have it, you can get it on ebook, Apple Books, Kindle. You can get the paperback on Amazon. But I made up in my mind, I would rather obey, die obeying God than live disobeying him. And Jesus taught that when he left the earth, his disciples would fast. And so we're starting up on the 11th. That's this Saturday. Saturday through the end of the month, the 31st of July, we're fasting, we're praying. And believing God for increase, believing God for violent increase, expedited favor. Let me tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to just lay back and hope that the prophetic word comes to pass in my life. I refuse to be somebody that's just going to say, well, I know if God wants to do it, he'll do it. No, I'm going to pursue God's power. I'm going to pursue his anointing. I'm going to pursue his word with obedience and with prayer. I'm going to cry out and say, God, if your eyes are searching, find me. If your eyes are searching, find me, Lord, because I'm in position. I need your power. I need your glory. I need your anointing. And you know what? God will find you. He always will target those who are seeking after him. We have free resources for you. If you download the Miracle Word app that's free on Google Play or Apple, we have the prayer points already put together for you inside the app that's for free. You don't have to pay a dollar to get them. Over 100 prayer points with the scriptures included so that you can join us. If you say, well, I've never prayed an hour before. I've never spent an hour praying before. Let me tell you, now's the time to begin doing it. Look around, look around our world. If there was ever a time to pray, if there was ever a time to fast, it's now. And we're going to do it together. There's power in a corporate fast when we join our faith together. You know, I always hear people that don't understand fasting that think there's only one type of fast. And like, well, you know, if you go on your broadcast and tell everybody you're fasting, you lose your earthly reward because you told people you're fasting. That's only for a private fast. In the Bible, there were also corporate fasts where sometimes the entire nation fasted, including the children and including animals. 
So let me just tell you, we don't lose our reward for fasting because we know each other are fasting. It's corporate. We're doing it together. God knows we're, we're calling a corporate, we're calling a solemn fast, a solemn assembly. That's what we're doing, like the Bible teaches. So don't let these people go, if you everybody knows everybody's fasting, then you lose your reward. No, you don't lose your reward. What the Bible's talking about with that is people that are supposed to be praying in private, fasting in private alone, and they go out and boast about it. Well, I'll have you know, I'm fasting and I'm praying. It's like It's people that are doing it out of pride to be seen by men. And Jesus said, truly, they have their reward, which is being seen by men. It's different. This is different. This is not you personally going on a fasting uh, time of fasting and prayer privately in your own prayer closet and doing it behind closed doors so that the Lord will see and reward you openly. This is us calling a corporate time of fasting and prayer. That's what we're going to do starting this Saturday. And listen, join us if you're going to join us. If you don't, no condemnation to you. But that's why I taught what I did today, so that you would understand a word can't just go forth and then it just automatically and randomly happens for everybody. It has to be taken by faith. Has to be taken by faith. And I'm going to take it by the power of God. I'm going to stand by faith and take what God said. And make it a reality in my life, in my family's life. This is going to be our reality, our story at the end of 2020. No one, no antichrist agenda is going to stop what God has planned for me. I can promise you that one. I can promise you that. No antichrist agenda will stop what God has planned for you if you'll press in. If you'll press in. Others are being laid off, you'll be promoted. Others will have to take a pay cut. You'll have a a bonus, a reward. You will have an increase in pay, a promotion, a raise. Benefits will be added to you. We're going to seek God and he's going to reward us for seeking him. We're going to find him because we searched after him with our whole heart. Your flesh will yell at you. Let me just give you a, uh, let me just give you a heads up. Your flesh is going to yell at you. It's going to yell at you for the next 21 days, a little stronger at the beginning than in the middle and the end, because your flesh finally gets told to shut up by fasting. But trust me when I tell you, at the beginning, your flesh is going to yell at you. Eat something. Don't do this. You don't need to do this. And your mind will come up with every possible way to say, well, you know, I did two days. I think that's plenty. You know, we can give it. I feel to go. Don't listen. Don't listen to your flesh. Listen to the word of the Lord. Press in. And no, we're getting ready to see victory in Jesus' name. We are getting ready to see the power of God revealed in our lives and in our families. And I'm telling you, I'm just making it available to you. Join me or don't join me. But I'm telling you, for everybody that's joining, God's going to find us faithful and he's going to bless us abundantly. We will have violent increase. We will see expedited favor in the mighty name of Jesus. Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing's going to stop it. I want you to put it in the comments. Nothing's going to stop it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Nothing's going to stop it. You can't stop my increase. You can't stop my favor. You can't stop my blessing, devil. You can't stop my healing. You can't stop my deliverance. You can't stop my prosperity. Nothing will stop it in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare it. We declare it. Nothing can stop it. That's going to be our story.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you believe it, somebody just lift some hands in the comments section and let me know you're believing God and you're ready to see God touch you. You're ready to see things turn in our favor. This nation will be blessed because of the people of God living in it. Hallelujah. This nation will be blessed because of the people of God, not because of policies, not because of the House, not because of the Senate, not because of the, no, because of the people of God living in it. The people who are faithful, God's going to bless us. And I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Even if I'm traveling, I'm going to find a way to be with you. And we're going to see God move supernaturally in Jesus' name. We will see it in Jesus' name. I want to pray for those of you that are watching today because I'm telling you, we're stepping into the greatest season we've ever had in Jesus' name. We're stepping in right now to the greatest season we've ever had by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus, that's right. I love that song, This Means War, Charles Jenkins. We're stepping in. We're stepping in. I want you to bow your heads if you can. Let me pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the mighty power that's above every other force in the universe. You've exalted your word above your name. And so we give you praise and we give you glory that your promises are yes and amen to those that believe. We believe your promises. We believe the mighty anointing that's come upon us that you've declared will affect the rest of our year. We believe it's coming to pass. Violent increase, expedited favor. And so, Lord, now we're pressing into you. As you promised, if we would humble ourselves and pray, you would hear from heaven. You would heal our land. So we're asking you in Jesus' name to heal our land, heal the nation of America, heal Canada, heal Western Europe, heal the nations of the world, the Caribbean islands. Lord, in Jesus' name, touch us by your power. Let a mighty anointing flow through this world one more time before Jesus comes. Let revival hit, a great awakening come one more time before Jesus returns. Let souls be saved. Let families be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name for what's about to take place. Lord, as we press in, in these 21 days of prayer and fasting, strengthen our hearts in Jesus' name. Strengthen our physical bodies. Do not allow us to, to lay back and to not enter into what you're doing. Lord, let us press in. Strengthen us to press in. We'll not miss out. We'll not miss out on your blessings. We'll not miss out on your favor. We'll not miss out on your glory in Jesus' name. And so anoint us with a mighty refreshing before this month comes to an end, you will find us in position to receive your blessing and your goodness. Show strong support on our behalf, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name, we thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, somebody shout a loud amen and throw some fire in the comments section if you believe it. Let me say this real quick. I want to encourage those of you that have not done this to text me. There's the, uh, the information right there on the screen. I want you to sign up to be a part of this today. I get every one of your text messages right to my phone. It's me texting you. But in this time of fasting and prayer, I want you to sign up to receive text messages. And I'm going to text you. You can text me back. We can have a conversation. I can receive your prayer requests. I can hear from you. You can hear from me. If you've not done this, go to miracleword.com 
forward slash text. The information's on the screen. And I want you to fill out the form and I'm going to send you a message today. You'll hear from me today. For those of you that, that sign up, I'm going to text you this evening and I want to give you some more inscri- instructions about what we're going to do. It starts this Saturday, the 11th through the 31st, 21 days of fasting and prayer. I want you to be a part of it. I want you to join me. This is the best way for us to stay in contact via text message. If you've not done it yet, please, please sign up today and be a part of this victory tribe, this family. I want to hear from you. I want to be able to be in touch with you. Sometimes email doesn't help, help us to get it out because our inboxes are so full of unread emails that we never see it. Sometimes it gets thrown into the spam folder. Many times with social media, the algorithms, you don't see what I post. I can't see what you post sometimes only because of the algorithms. This is the most sure way that we can stay in touch with each other as the victory tribe is via text message. And I promise I'm not going to blow up your phone. I'm not going to be texting you every five minutes, but I do want to be able to get a hold of you. And I want you to be able to get a hold of me. If you have a prayer request, no, I'm praying for you. No, I'm praying for you. And uh, Mary Sue said, he really does answer. I, I hear from you and you are able to hear from me and I am praying for you. You will be one of my prayer points during this time of fasting and prayer. I'm praying for the victory tribe, praying for your families and praying for your bodies and your children and your finances. I'm praying for your deliverance. And so I want to be able to stay in contact with you. Hear me one more time. If you missed it, there it is on the screen one more time. Miracleword.com forward slash text. Please fill out the form and let's stay connected so that I can hear from you. You can hear from me. It's vitally important and I'll encourage your faith. I'll have things that will only come to you. They'll not go out to anybody else. These are for th- things that are for people that are connected to us via text message. And I, I, I take this seriously and I, I'm honored to be connected to you and to be able to hear from you. And so I want you to thank you, Amanda. I want you to uh, thank you, Patty. I want you to hear that. Here's what I want to do today as well is I want to encourage those of you who are watching. If you've not taken a moment to partner with Carolyn and with me, I want to encourage you to sign up and become a partner of Miracle Word Ministries. Those of you that are part of the Victory Tribe, what are we doing? We are believing for God to shake not only America, but this entire world, this generation that's on the earth right now, to shake them with the power of the Holy Ghost, to bring them into the kingdom of God. We're going to do our part. When you stand and partner with us, financially every single month, whatever it is that you can do. Maybe at this moment in time, you can only sow $50 a month. Maybe you can do the $85 a month. Some are doing 100 and 500 and much more, but it's about what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. What you can do is go to miracleword.com and click on the give button or the partner button. Fill out the form and set up a monthly seed that you can sow by faith, believing God, See, I'm not talking to everybody today. I'm talking to the people that are serious. Those that are serious about seeing God move. Listen, people who aren't serious don't fast and pray. If you're just a nominal Christian, you'll never fast and pray. You'll never fast. You'll never sow. I'm not, I understand. I'm not talking to everybody. Thank you, Ken, for sowing a seed. I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to the serious ones who I would consider to be the special forces of God's kingdom. 
I call you the mighty miracle word, mighty men and women, just like David had mighty men attached to him. Those are the people I'm talking to that, you know, God's blessed you to be a blessing and you have a heart and a desire to see this generation changed before it's too late. You're who I'm talking to. If you are one of those people that are serious about what God's doing around the world, I encourage you today to go to miracleword.com and sign up today. Click give, click partner, sign up and fill out the form and set up a monthly seed and watch what God will do in your life. You've heard the testimonies of what God's been doing for other people. He'll do the same for you. But on top of that, you get to be a blessing to the world. Do you know that during this entire pandemic, the shutdown, everything that went on, do you know we never stopped feeding hundreds of children every single day? They never stopped eating. We never stopped blessing the world. We gave more away during the time of the pandemic than we did in most other times. You know why? Because God's blessing is not based on the natural. It's based on his integrity. And so I want to encourage those of you that are watching, It's if there was ever a time to become part of the Victory Tribe, now's the time. And I want to encourage you to take a step of faith. For everybody that is doing that this month, I'm going to send you this powerful book by Dr. John Avanzini. This this book, Rich God, Poor God, it's your perception that changes everything. This opened my eyes as to why we can believe for financial increase in the word of God, why we don't have to go month to month, crisis to crisis. But Dr. John shows us that Jesus was not poor. He was not cursed. He wasn't barely getting by. Jesus was blessed financially. This book shows you why. It shows you how from the word of God. And you can also be a person who takes part in that kind of financial blessing that God has set aside for you as well. Um, I also want to tell you this. Don't forget, Carolyn's brand new book is getting ready to come out. We're finished editing it. It's now going to the printer. And within a couple of weeks, it's going to be shipping to every person that's already pre-ordered the book. And if you'd like to pre-order it, you can go to shop.miracleword.com. This is a new 40-day devotional from Carolyn called Lines, Confessions That Create Boundaries Your Enemy Cannot Cross. It's the power of your declarations, the power of your words. Don't miss this one. We've got people that are ordering it in bulk for their small groups, their churches. If you'd like to do that, please send us an email, jenna at miracleword.com. We will give you a good discount on bulk orders if that's what you want to do. Let me encourage you, go to shop.miracleword.com and grab it up. Uh, You're not going to want to miss it. I'm so pumped about this. We've already had so many people order it and it's coming very soon. It's about to go to the printer now. I'm pumped up too. Very proud of my wife. She did a phenomenal job. I feel faith as I read it. There's a spirit of faith on the book and it'll get on you too. Thank you. Thanks, Joel. I love you guys. I'm going to be back again in the morning, 1030. Do not miss this Breakthrough Friday uh, message tomorrow. And then we're coming back. Saturday, we begin our fast. Sunday at 9 p.m., we start our night sessions And then Monday through Friday next week, 10.30 a.m., 9 p.m. And for those of you that stuck around long enough to hear this, special announcement. With all the stuff that's been going on in the government, they've shut our schools down. Now they're saying that we may not even open schools back up in in the fall. Some people are pressing for us to do it. Others are saying don't do it. 
Even teachers want to stay home. So many people are considering homeschooling. Tons of people are. My wife has been homeschooling now for like five years, and she's going to be doing a special series starting Monday at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, a special series on the subject of homeschooling for people that are thinking about doing that for their children. Maybe you feel overwhelmed and you're like, man, I don't know if I could ever do homeschool. And you've got this idea, like it's this big overwhelming thing that you could never do. Got to have a special room in your house. Got to have little desks. Got to have everything in place. It's got to be perfect. You want to be the Pinterest person that's doing. My wife is going to show you in this series starting Monday at three o'clock that I mean, we travel all over the world and continue to do it. We're in hotel rooms, we're in cars, planes, we're everywhere and continue to do it. Don't feel the pressure. Don't feel like you have to be the perfect Pinterest or Instagram mom or dad homeschooling your kids. This series my wife is going to do starting Monday is going to open your eyes to the fact that you have the ability. And let me ask you this, if if that really is your desire, who better to train your children than you? Who better to raise them up in the things of God than you? Not some public school with an antichrist agenda or putting them through some place that's going to teach them stuff that have nothing to do with the word of God, contrary to the word of God, putting them into those indoctrination centers, which is really what they are. And so I'm excited. My wife is putting some information together for next week and she's going to be joining you in the afternoon Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. And these will also be on her podcast, Nonstop Mom Podcast, after they air online, live. It's going to be great. I'm very, very excited. It's going to bless you. And uh, it's going to give you the information needed to not feel the pressure. Where you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know how I could even do this. You can do it. You can do it and you can do it well. And your children will be better for it. And um, so don't miss that. We got a packed week next week. 10.30 a.m., normal broadcast, 3 p.m., homeschooling tips and tricks from Carolyn, 9 p.m., we're building your faith again, we're fasting, we're praying, it's going to be great. I love you guys so much, thanks for hanging with me, thank you to everybody that's sowing seeds. Listen, if you are in the United States, you can use PayPal, you can use Cash App, you can use Venmo, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can use hashtag donate. Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, always the best way to do it. Go to miracleword.com and set up your partnership monthly. Stand with us. God's going to shake this nation. He's going to shake this world one more time before Jesus comes. I love you guys. Thanks for hanging with me. If you didn't get a chance to share it, please take a minute to share it. I'll see you in the morning. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.